Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We want to hear about your ministry or a ministry you love. Text the word ACTION to 484848 and a producer will contact you for your idea. Have you ever had one of those moments that you meet someone and you just know that God crossed your paths for a purpose? A God-ordained meeting of two men passionate about the gospel has led to hundreds of children in some of the poorest areas of the world and the areas hardest to reach with the gospel being nourished both physically and spiritually. Meet one of those men and his wife as they share that story on this Action in Ministry. Inspiring you to be the hands. Empowering you to be the feet. Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. Action. Action in ministry. Hi, I'm Rachel Lecoute, and this is Action in Ministry. Martin Winslow and his wife Amy are with us today. Martin is currently serving on staff at a church as minister to children and families. But while he's serving a local congregation, he continues to serve internationally as well. He's the founder of Bethlehem Christian Academy in Zambia, Africa, and helped begin Ozarks Christian Academy in West Plains, Missouri. I want to introduce you to Martin and his wife, Amy. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Thank you, Thank Rachel. you for having us. Well, Amy and Martin, you've started two vibrant Christian schools in Zambia and another in Northwestern Africa. You're helping to feed and educate hundreds of poor and orphan children. This is what God did on a larger scale, but I want to know, how did you guys get here? Yeah, so it started back in 2004 um, when I met a friend in seminary. Mm-hmm. His name was Victor Chibangula. He and I were in Hebrew class together, and we both showed up early. I was commuting into the seminary, and he was a student on campus, but we were early to that class. And I began to just kind of ask Victor his story. Uh, I knew he wasn't from around Kansas City because of his accent. <laughs> and he told me that he was a you know a boy who had grown up and in Zambia, and he grew up very poor in a village, and that education was his way out. And so Victor had the opportunity to go to uh, college, get out of the bush community where where he grew up, and he was one of 10 people in the entire country in the 80s that won a scholarship, a full ride to Wichita State University. Mm-hmm. And eventually he went back to Zambia, felt called to ministry, and he came back to Kansas City, and that's where he and I met in Hebrew class. Wow. So you and Victor finished seminary, and you went your separate ways. Mm-hmm. That's right. So you were working with as a youth minister, and Victor went back to Zambia right, to pastor a church? Right. He went back to help church plant mm-hmm. in local communities, like in bush communities. And I went to West Plains to help start open a Christian school, okay. um, Ozarks Christian Academy. And it was a new work, a classical Christian school. Um, and so I started there, and Victor went back um, to Zambia, and what happened is that God kind of stirred my heart for the poor and the needy and reminded me of the story of, of Victor and his background, and I kind of reached out to him in 2009. So what made you want to start a school? Like, were young people and education always a part of something that you were interested in? Well, in Kansas City area, whenever I was in youth ministry, my students that would come in each week were so confused about the Bible. It seemed like their faith was under attack every single day. 
Kids were struggling with questions about macroevolution. Kids were struggling with questions about atheism. Basically, my youth group was all kind of like apologetics-based. And so at that time, I saw the importance of education, especially from a Christian worldview. And so when that opened up and I was approached to help start a classical Christian school, which teaches every subject from a Christian worldview, really appealed to me. And so after graduation, um, Amy and I moved with our two young children, a three-year-old and a six-month-old, to West Plains to open that first Christian school. So how did you and Victor get back in touch with one another? So in 2009, so this is three years after um, the school had started in West Plains, God really moved my heart um, with a desire I just couldn't get away from for the poor. Uh, Amy and I and some friends, we had been praying quite a bit with a couple uh, that lived a couple streets over from us. And God just really moved my heart that the poor and needy, we needed to participate more in getting the gospel to those who are in great need. And so in 2009, um, that friend of mine uh, and myself on a Saturday morning, we just prayed, God, give us the you know ability, give us the, the wisdom to know where to take the gospel to the poorest. Now, had you guys been to Africa? No. Never. never. Yeah, mm-hmm. never before. And so what made you think to reach back out to Victor? Yeah, so in that prayer room that morning, that Saturday morning, Victor's name came to my mind. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to him through the seminary. I was able to get back in contact. We hadn't talked for almost five years. And he said, I told him my idea. I said, what about, you know, starting Christian schools in poor bush communities as a way to get the gospel out there and then see what happened with church planting? And he said, we've been praying our church for two years that God would raise up partners for us in America. He's like, what took you so long? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Amy, what was it like for you during this time? How is God working in you? Mm -hmm. Well, I would say that from the time I was young, I felt like God had called me to, in some way, bring the gospel um, to people who needed to hear it. And I wasn't sure exactly what that meant for years. And then also another important moment, I feel like, was Martin and I had been married for quite a while and really struggled with infertility. Mm -hmm. So we had begun the adoption process to adopt our our oldest son. Um, And when we traveled to Russia to get him and we saw poverty and we saw hopelessness and we saw um, so many children without homes that— probably would end up as street children and without any hope or hope of the gospel and living on just so so little. It really just stirred both of our hearts, and it really stirred mine for um, impoverished children especially. Mm -hmm. And so then moving to West Plains, like he had said, we had met these really good friends, and we would just spend time as families praying, Lord, show us, what do you want us to do? We prayed for specific places, uh, you know, around the world and just begged God to let us be involved in something that would help get the gospel out. And so my heart was was ready for it. I was just so ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it seems to me that, like, work, working in West Plains, Missouri, it's a, it's a small place, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right. Like, sure. booming metropolis. Um, and I would imagine that you probably run into a lot of different cultural things there, too, as you're planting a school, just socioeconomic standings between people mm-hmm. groups and everything. And so um, did any of that prepare you for what you would find when you started working internationally? I think it did. You know, uh, we we kind of had a motto 
our board of directors there in West Plains, it was it was unspoken in a way, but <laughs> we all understood it that we didn't believe that there should be any kid in our community that didn't have access to a Christian education. Yeah. And so we tried to make it accessible. We didn't want money to be in the way or uh, geography, whatever it was, we wanted to give kids that access. Well, the poorest of the poor in any community are the last ones to get those types of things. Mm-hmm. And so that really, that heart um, to get it to, to people who need it was always important to us, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So what happened when you decided to work with Victor and plant the school in Zambia? What steps did you take to actually, I mean, Zambia is not close to where you were living at all. Right. You have right. a lot of different barriers in the way of making the school happen. Right. I'd imagine there's money, there's language, there's yeah. distance, there's culture. Mm-hmm. What steps did you take? How did you even make it happen? Well, we knew we needed to go and see it. So Victor invited us over, and in 2010, um, he invited us in the summer, and we took a trip. That was like a 37-hour trip just to get to Zambia. Uh, to where we needed to get to, and we went out and visited the Bush communities that he had a heart for. And in Zambia, it's kind of like a lot of other communities you might even um, see in, in the United States uh, that are poor, is, is, is people might not be quite as interested in church planting. They may not trust you. But, you know, what everybody needs is food and education. And so we knew that that was going to be the way that we were going to saturate the gospel in these communities. And so we prayed about them. We visited them. We saw the kids. We learned the stories. And we fell in love with a community called George, which was a little farming community where kids were lucky to have one meal a day. And it was Nishima, which is like corn mash. Um, that comes to a boil and it fills up their bellies, but they're malnourished. And we knew, hey, these kids, they need to be fed and they need to learn about Jesus. And so the education was the way in. And when we opened up for preschool, for our first preschool to start, we had 150 kids in line to get signed up for our new school. Wow. How far away did the kids come from? You have your town, your village that you're working in, but did the village have that many children living there? This particular village where our first school opened mm-hmm. up had about 5,000 people as oh, population, wow. okay, so there so were a lot of kids. But our North Campus school, interestingly enough, a few years later, we opened up a second school, and we have a kid that still every single day walks five miles one way to get to that school. And it's mainly mm-hmm. about the meal, Yeah. but of course we get to share Jesus and we get to give them an education, give them hope. So in this community where you're working, what's the religious climate like? You're opening a Christian school. Very tribal um, mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, there's some Catholicism that had moved through years earlier, which leads to um, with that mixed with the tribal religions, a lot of confusion. Now, when we originally went in 2010, we had about 150 kids sitting out in front of us and we're sharing through my friend, the translator, Victor, and we're sharing the story of Jesus. And we asked if anybody had even heard of Jesus And out of that crowd of 150 kids, maybe two or three even raised their hand. Mm. So no real knowledge, almost an unreached, unengaged place in a sense. To this day, you know, all these years later, almost a decade later, um, there's over 200 students in that school. And many uh, have believed the gospel. And there's a church. Wow. Amy, as you were watching this happen Mm -hmm. and working in the midst of all of this, I would imagine that it wasn't without its challenges. Right. Yeah. What are some of the things that were— Things that you had to, like, hurdles that you had to jump. Mm-hmm. I would say trust, trusting the Lord to provide. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he came back and wanted to start. And, 
you know, we just didn't have the money. I mean, period. And we knew that we were going to, he had decided to do a sponsorship program. And so that meant that we had to travel around and talk to people about this. And so, you know, we have five children of our own. And so weekends traveling and taking everybody, and that was challenging. Um, I would say the most challenging thing was the first year that he traveled. Just, you know, when people take mission trips, you think of them going, but they're going with an organization or someone that is trustworthy. And here I'm sending my husband, I'm at home with five kids, to Africa to some place where I don't know if it's safe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going into villages that are completely um you know, they haven't seen white people ever. They're, like, shocked that he's different than them. And I don't know if they're pagan or, like, you know, scary. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know. Uh-huh. And I was I was just nervous about that. So after he traveled the first year, I didn't really have that as much, you know. What was it that alleviated that fear for you? I think— um, I met Victor. Victor came back, mm-hmm. and I got to know him and his wife. And I knew that I could trust him with my husband when he was there, um, and then seeing pictures and hearing stories. And I think falling in love with the kids myself, even though I hadn't met them at the time, I think that really helped. Yeah. Well, what are some times that you could see God really working in visible ways in the difficulties and in the challenges that you were facing trying to plant a school in a different country? Right. Well, you know, one of the biggest difficulties was— You know, when you're speaking at churches or wherever, uh, you have a door that opens up where you can advocate for these children and tell their stories, is you're wondering in the room, do the people believe me? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, they've never been there. They don't know my partners on the ground. Mm -hmm. And why would they give to this? And so relationships are so important. And so I made it my goal from the very beginning as I advocated for these children to love them like I would my own kids. And then to tell their stories in such a way and to invite people, come join us, come see it. I mean, we've mobilized probably close to 200 people in the last decade to Africa to our schools. And so God has been very faithful to open those doors. And then also, of course, the financial piece. Mm -hmm. Um, To date, we have almost 700 people who give monthly now through the sponsorship program. At the time, it was just Amy and I and, and a friend, you know. Those were the challenges. Um, praying on a spot for a building that didn't exist that you knew you needed the next year and then seeing God come through with $50,000, you know, for that building to be built with five classrooms. Just over and over again, the, God has really proven himself to be faithful. But those things just on a humanly level can bring a lot of anxiety. It definitely helps your prayer life. Well, you said yeah. 700 sponsors? That's right. That's a lot to manage. It is. That's a lot of logistics and administration and, like, how do you do it all? Well, we hired an executive director this last year. The organization got so big that we needed someone stateside Mm full-time. We just had to have it. We have 58 employees in Africa. I mean, it's big. And 340 students. So when those kids twice a year write letters to their sponsors, they have to get in their sponsors' hands. And when the sponsors write to them and vice versa and travel plans, we mobilized 50, almost 50 people last year to go to Africa. So we had to hire somebody. So our ratio right now, and then we have somebody else part-time, is basically we have 58 employees in Africa and we have two stateside. Wow. Well, tell us a little bit about... Bethlehem Christian Academy and what it looks like today. If, if I were to show up there, tell me what I would see. 
you would see a community that at one time had no mention of Jesus' name, and you would see 200 kids at a campus starting their day off singing praises to the Lord. You would see a Christian worldview being taught from every subject and every perspective. You would see students' lives who would be transformed by the gospel that now go into their community and share the stories of Jesus, the parables. You'd see kids with open Bibles that had no Bibles in that community reading the Bibles on their own. Um, You would see some pretty amazing things. You'd see full bellies. (laughs) Full bellies that aren't distended because of malnourishment. Full bellies that are well-fed, well-balanced diet. That's incredible. What does it mean for for these children to have— a school sponsorship, what does that mean for them? Well, it changes their life. I think a really neat thing on our side is that the people who are sponsors, it can change their life too. <laughs> um, but the kids themselves, I mean, they have the sponsorship provides for them food, you know, a healthy, they have vegetables and meat and the Nishima that they normally eat. Um, and then they have access to the gospel. They have like he said, a Christian education, but they also have people around them who love them. And a lot of these kids are raising each other, you know. They're living with extended family members, and you can tell they really crave love, and so they're getting that. And it's just, it's really neat to see God changing their hearts and their lives through the school and through their sponsorships. How much do your sponsors sponsor a month? Well, we have like a full sponsorship for a student, which is $72 a month. Mm -hmm. Um, if people can't afford that, they can come in at half, which is $36 a month, and then we find someone else to sponsor the other half. The other so half. Mm-hmm. that makes it where just about anybody can if they're willing to give up like a meal a month or mm-hmm. something. Right. Um, you know, a meal out, and that's what we encourage people uh, to do is to come in at any level that they possibly can. And, of course, we have projects as well. Yeah. How has being a part of this, you said that you see the lives of sponsors mm-hmm. impacted by doing this, but how is this How has being a part of this impacted you guys individually as a family? Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways. But I I would say one way in particular is is probably in the area of generosity. It it has really helped us to see what just a little bit of money can do and how it can affect a life so impactfully. Um, And if we chose not to do that, if we chose to to be greedy with our finances, we actually – are hindering the gospel going to an individual kid and changing their life, maybe even feeding them. And so I would say that would be one uh, big impact for us as a family. And maybe trust, like learning to trust God. I feel like it's been a huge faith builder because we just, we really did not have the ability or the um, finances or even know the right people to make any of the things happen that have happened. And God has just provided one thing after another every year. You know, it may seem like there's no way we can do it this year. It's, you know, everything seems insurmountable, and then God just shows up. (laughs) So that's been good for our whole family to watch year after year as we pray and pray and pray, and then God just shows up. Well, your ministry has continued to grow, right? How is God continuing to use you guys in ministry? When we started our first campus, we had 31 students, and now we have three campuses, by God's grace, and over 340 students. That's incredible. 
And each year that enrollment continues to grow and we, we continue to go out to churches and just individuals and say, come join us. Come, come sponsor a child. Come help us. Um, and so that, that is something that is just ongoing. Of course, as the school continues to grow all the way up to 12th grade, each one of them, um, there's going to be a need. So we, we have a lot of work to do. And as mm-hmm. word of mouth spreads, more yes. children will come. Absolutely. Right. And as access to more donors that's right. Grows. More mm-hmm. children will be able to be educated. Right. That's really incredible. Well, as I listen to your story, I mean, I hear if you boil it all down, you had an idea, you prayed, you connected with people that you already were connected with, and then you gathered people around and and prayerfully considered how you could execute yeah. this plan. You know, and I think about how many people have an idea, right? Like how many people do you have this idea that there's this ministry that I can be involved in um, or a need that's not being met? Right. But what what would you say to somebody who's sitting there with the idea and they haven't moved past just the idea? Like maybe they're feeling a pull towards something and they want to be involved in outreach or they have, you know, God has given them an idea of something, a place to serve. How would you encourage them and the simplification of it all right. really ignores all of the details yeah. and like the immense amount of work that you've entrust that you've had to do. But what would you say to somebody sitting in that baby phase of it right now? That is a great question. I, I would say this, that passion is great hmm. and it's important, but it's not everything. I think confirmations are important along the way. You know, God placed Victor in my life. I trusted Victor. And then we took a trip and we prayed about it. We didn't even launch the school for another year. We planned, we prayed, we asked people, we told kids stories, and we just kind of saw the Lord in it. You know, a lot of people will throw out the phrase real easily, well, God told me to do this. Well, he didn't tell me to do this. I felt like there was definitely an impression that, you know, the scriptures tell us to care for the needy, the poor, the orphan, the widow. These are commands. So I knew it was true. I felt the impression. I couldn't kind of get away from it. I felt like God really wanted us to do that. But I think the confirmation of God's people is very important along the way. And, um, and then he begins to open doors in a way that you think, you know what? I couldn't do that on my own. And, and so while a lot of people have good ideas, I think, I think God calls specific people maybe to certain things. Mm-hmm. And then for others to maybe come in with their good ideas and join what's already going on. And you oh, have to discern. That's a beautiful point yeah. right there. Sometimes it's about joining into an right. idea. You bet. Mm-hmm. And being that support and helping yes. it grow and blossom. Right. That's really community. Yeah, at its it finest, is. right? You bet. It is the community of, of believers coming together mm-hmm. to serve our brothers and sisters in Christ and those who don't yet know Him. Exactly. Yeah. Well, if someone's wanting to get involved with Bethlehem Christian Academy, maybe to sponsor a child or to give to another thing that you have, or maybe to go to Africa with you, what what should they do? Yeah, they can check out our website www.bcaministries.com. And that can walk you through the process. If someone wants to look at a student that still needs sponsored, they can go to the page, you know, about sponsorships. They can learn more about it. We have a a frequently asked questions page. We also post on there when our trips are going to be for the next year. If people would like to mobilize or inquire, Mm -hmm. there's a number, Mm -hmm. email for them, you know, to ask questions. We also have a Facebook page as well, Bethlehem Christian Academy, and they can check that out as well. Follow you there, Mm -hmm. yeah. Great. Well, one of the things that I think is really interesting that I've heard you guys talk about is like like moving into a space of some of of the unknown, 
right? And like the fear that sometimes learning to trust in those situations and just not knowing the unfamiliarity of something. And I think it's really, um, listening to you talk, it's so incredible to hear that part of your story, that something that was once so foreign and unfamiliar is now such a huge part of your heart and your life and your family's life. And I think it would be great for us all to just hear, what encouragement would you give to somebody who is maybe feeling like there's something out there that's scary? How did you get to the place where you are where you're like, no, this is my family. This is my love. This is my heart now. Right. You know, I think, again, when I think of the initial vision that God gave us, it wasn't something that I could shake. It was, it just kept following me. Mm -hmm. And the story of Jesus with the leper in the New Testament in Mark chapter 1, where the, the leper comes and he says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Now, Jesus, the Bible tells us, is filled with compassion. And, and literally in the Greek, it means that his guts hurt. Mm. And he reached out his hand and said, I'm willing, be clean. Well, when I got on that first plane ride in 2010 and, and started back after I'd seen those poor kids in that village, I... I, I was telling myself the entire time back to the United States why it wouldn't work. Hmm. But I kept coming back to that verse, are you willing? And I had to answer that call and say, yes, I am. And because of just God's grace and kindness and, and giving us the vision and helping us walk through that, these kids in these communities, some of Africa's poorest now, we have a friendship with and they know Jesus. And that's all the fuel I need for the future. Well, that is beautiful. And I thank you so much for sharing your story. Amy, thank you for, yes, sure. for sharing with us. Martin, thank you for sharing with us. Thank it is you. a pleasure um, to hear it. And you guys are an inspiration. So thank you for joining us today. Thank, thank you, you for having us. If you are willing, you can make me clean. And filled with compassion, Jesus answered the leper, I am willing The scripture that spoke so clearly to Martin Winslow and compelled him to move forward in building schools in Zambia can also be an inspiration to you. Are you willing to see what Jesus can do in your life? Are you willing to step out in faith and move from a passionate idea to a bold action? You might just be blown away by what God chooses to do in you if you are just willing. That's Action and Ministry. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rachel Legute. Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We want to hear about your ministry or a ministry you love. Text the word ACTION to 484848 and a producer will contact you for your idea.